As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you Why mad? mad? Okay, hey Louisa. Hi Jake, how's it going? Good. Uh, I'm very excited about the guest that we have today. Please welcome to the show, Frederick Brennan. Woo. Hi. Hi, Fred. Hey, good to have you. I don't know why. I always do that like I'm on stage because I did comedy for so long. I expected like clapping and stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, and I always woo because I always woo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no laugh track. Oh, mm-hmm. That's going to play. Yeah, I'll put it in in post. Um, put it in post? Yeah. Is there a woo track? Yeah, I should get a button <laughs> like a fucking radio show. Uh, uh, is it okay? To, is it okay to call you Fred, or do you go yep. by Frederick? Okay, yeah, Fred's cool. Do. Okay, cool. So as it, you can hear, we're all just getting to know each other. Um, we've never really spoken, but I've been following Fred, Fred or Frederick on Twitter since um, probably like a lot of people since the documentary about QAnon, Q into the Storm, came out, and I watched it. It's on HBO. It's like a four or five part series. It's really good. Um, and it's a, uh, you know, one of those documentaries where they, the stuff changes in the documentary about the documentary and stuff. It's kind of gonzo and it's, uh, and, and he recorded that over the course of three years. So yeah, right. It's crazy. Um, and I think Frederick is the best part of it. I think a lot of people would agree with me. There's a very cool thing that happens where, um, you, the wrestling term is a face turn or whatever, you know, you became a a hero, you know? Um, Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say that there are so many, sorry, so few good people that Cohen tried to interview in that documentary that I come out with in the past, but yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what it's Other like to be than, a comedian, you know, too. Experts that he gets, uh, you know, like five minutes that get like five minutes and thing. Yeah. Yeah. People that are actually part of the story are very few. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone unfamiliar, you uh, created 8chan, am I correct? Yep. In 2013. And... Almost a decade ago now. Crazy. And, uh, and then all of this stuff that became... QAnon sort of spews out from there and uh, uh starts on 4chan in 2018 yeah time is moving so fast getting away from us <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah or was it or, or was it late 17 well anyway Somebody will know, and they will put it in the comments, and they'll be very angry. Right, right. That's how the internet works. People tweet yep, angry. I do, I do know how the internet works. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I don't want to dwell too hard on the QAnon stuff, because if anyone has seen it, then they know. And if they don't know, we don't have the time to explain yeah, it. <laughs> I think that's fine. Yeah, that's not why I came on anyway. Uh well, so from my perspective, what happens, I enjoyed, you know, watching you on the story of, of this crazy QAnon thing, because uh, I'm also a very online person. So I was like, you know, adjacent, like aware of some of this stuff and listen to QAnon Anonymous and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then afterwards. Well, I, yeah. And I would say that your experience, even though it's probably pretty um familiar, I would say most, maybe half of my followers have an equal experience. I already had like 15,000 followers before that documentary released. So I already knew what it was like to be 
kind of a public person before that. Right. You know? uh, yeah. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Sure. I, sure. I, totally. I, 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 while I did probably go from like 15,000 to 32, something like that. I don't exactly remember exact numbers. Um, yeah. It, well, I mean, that's, yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Cause there's like it, levels. And yeah, I didn't, it's very fortunate that I did not have to learn this, you know, then. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> what we're about to talk about yeah. i think about that all the time yeah um okay so so then uh yeah the documentary comes out i watch it i like I, i'm gonna follow this person they seem really interesting um and then we both were on the duncan trussell podcast like episode i think that was the episode after you or vice versa or something mm. um and mm-hmm. i listened to your episode and i thought it was very interesting and um then yeah, great questions yeah, yeah, he's a great interviewer, you know. Um, he's a smart guy. Well, he has that Netflix show. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I guess the thing that happened after this is that I was following you on Twitter, and I guess do you want to explain maybe? Sure, sure. So I was planning on doing this anyway. This was going to happen. It's just I didn't know exactly when, right? Because there's kind of two reasons that I don't get to have a private life. The first reason is the very severe disability. Uh, even as a kid, I would kind of know that if I, uh, you know, a kid here being 16 through 18, right? If I did something in public around Atlantic City, or which is where I was in those years, then it's very likely that if it's a very bad thing or that that would be you know i would be identified just based on the disability now however i mean i believe that essentially no person that the far right doesn't like can have a private life at all i mean if you are considering going to any convention that is weird if you are considering you know i mean I would say if the far right doesn't like you and you even turn up at a gay bar, but you're not always gay, right? You uh, could be outed somehow through that, you know? Right. I don't think that if the far right hates you, you can have a private life anymore. So, given that, that that's the case, uh, I did know that between now and Anthrocon 2022, right, which I'm planning on attending, <laughs> um, I did have to do this. So... You know, uh, and I don't even know, you know, if I am going to, you know, commission a suit or anything. I don't know. I might not. I just, because when I was a teenager, I was, you know, doing all of this eight chan shit and living in the Philippines, like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. You know, when most people do this kind of thing, um, and figure out for themselves, you know, whether it's for them, uh, I didn't do that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I thought, okay, I'm being invited to a free convention. I will go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that, 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 that was already there. But, uh-huh. you know, it's interesting kind of also how it happened, like, so fast, like, expedited time scale. So I call it because, uh, basically, and I don't want to go into exactly how, so this person doesn't feel very smart. <laughs> but um, they found out 
you know? Yeah, of course. Right, yeah. And so they they did something very dumb because they tried to get me to pay them not to post it. And so that was able to give me more time. Yeah, so they were very smart in some ways, very dumb in other ways. Um, so yeah. we don't want to pretend that they're only smart, but yeah. <laughs> That happened to me a while back. Somebody tried to blackmail me. I, I know, I know. When you told me about it, that's that's why I knew why you invited me on the show. You told <laughs> yeah. me about what happened to you, right? Because your story was much worse, actually. Um, because you had basically... Unfortunately, both of us know, from having been online for a very long time, that whoever gets to set up the framing for these kind of things is usually the winner, right? That's just how it goes. Right. Whoever gets to post about it first, if it's one of these far-right accounts, you know, and they get to post it in a very negative light, then that is the framing that tends to win. That is what people tend to retweet. That is what tends to get remembered. However, if you, you know, get to do it yourself, then, oh, well, everybody knows now it's old news. So this is therefore no longer of interest. Yeah, that is... uh. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I immediately, you know, I, I, I empathized and I thought, oh, we have something in common here. And that like, um, basically, so the reason I asked you to come on our show is, uh, our show, as I explained off mic in a nutshell is, you know, I'm a comic. Luis is a booker. We're both really into philosophy and, uh, art and stuff like that and big heady questions about it. And we talk a lot about our lives and how it interacts with all that stuff. And something that we've been talking a lot about is public life versus private life. And you said something that was extremely why you mad on brand, which is that you said, if you're, if, if you're going against Nazis, you don't get to have a private life. Um, yeah. And right. we all that that's true. <laughs> yeah. And we I mean, even this week, like we've all been fucking just interacting with, you know, these, we have these stupid far right libertarian and Nazi type. And I think that's why, you know, all of the weird like, I think that's why leftists especially are considered to be more sexually weird than those on the far right. I really think that that's the only reason, because we all know that. We don't get to have, you know, a private life to the degree that they do. Right. Because Fuentes, for example, you know, has some proclivities that you can find out about. Right. Uh, They all do. But they don't. We don't attack them for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 everyone uses sexuality against each other. I, I've been kind of on this for a while because if if you were to actually be or able things to things that are interpreted as being related, like this, yeah, um, is often interpreted as being related. I and, think if you were to go through everyone's laundry, like you would probably find across the board, everyone's the same level of weird. But like, some I agree. Some. <laughs> Uh, the thing that I got fucking outed for is being a fucking BDSMer, right? I'm into pretty classic kink shit. It's been around for a long time, but it's just, uh, it's what wets my whistle. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. what used to always bother me about that is that before I was like really speaking publicly about that sort of thing, um, because it is annoying to have to do that. People would often say like, oh, you know who, who's into that is a uh, businessman, like really rich people and shit. And I'm a working class guy. I'm a, you know, <laughs> so that always pissed me off because I would go, that's not true. That's just not the true. only people that you know that are into that. Yeah. Because whenever they interview yeah. like sex workers and stuff, if you want to go do something like that, like at, with a sex worker, it costs like. Those are the people that are getting exposed. 
They're not exposing Joe the plumber. Right. Well, they're also exposing people that like have pay thousand dollars to go, you know, do that in like a sex work mm. scenario. They're not talking about people that just go to weird goth nights like me. You know? Right. 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 <laughs> um, well, especially back in the day, they didn't really have you know cell phones like they do now. Right. That's why I say that you know, uh, even if you don't have a very obvious disability, and if you're somebody that somebody might stop and say, "Hey, is that X?" You know, they can at least snap a photo, go home, make sure, and then goes from there. So, yeah. So it's interesting because we're talking about this like inevitability for various reasons, being leftists, but also right. just technology and the way social media is changing. That like we are on the forefront of a, a thing that all people are being fed into a blender, you know, in a, in a way about which is that, like eventually there's going to be no privacy and you have to kind of not you can, you can no longer compartmentalize yeah. your private life yeah. or your public life. You can life. no longer compartmentalize. A lot of people do right now, it's um, some, but. Eventually, they're yeah. I, you know. Well, this is um, where I'm going to jump in, right? Because unlike you guys, uh, which I use totally gender neutral. Sorry, I'm from that generation. Um, We're guys. <laughs> I have never had. Well, you know, I, I used it for everyone. I just want everyone to know. Uh, I've never had my sexual stuff brought out, you know. But um, as Jake knows, like just this week, um, something that happened, Fred, is there's this uh, comedy festival that's run by a podcast that is a comedy podcast, but it has ties to like the Proud Boys and Gavin McGinnis. And they have put up like Milo and like a bunch of different people. And so they have that kind of base that thinks that listening to the other side is so edgy and whatever the fuck. So whenever anybody says anything, even like mildly criti critical of the podcast or the festival, or the people they booked, then you like get swarmed immediately with all of these people just like being racist and misogynist and uh, anti pronouns, <laughs> weirdly, and like just like <laughs> so fucking bigoted in your mentions. And so then I have had a week where I started pointing out that all the people I basically the comment that I made was I just made one tweet, like literally like at nine in the morning being like, oh, the the festival lineup was predictable like i could have predicted there are no surprises in this lineup of who would perform at this festival was basically what i was saying i wasn't even saying they were bad performers right. you know and it just the the one of the podcast guys quote tweeted me so then it just became it's been more than 24 hours when i'm like on day three i think of just blocking and blocking and blocking and dealing with horrible people being like they jumped into the weird point in the story so they've only heard the version put forth by that bigger account exactly. mm -hmm. yeah and you as you guys were talking and what struck me about what you did fred about like wanting to get in front of things check this out so i am the person that brought to jake this idea that um i think that compartmentalization is actually really bad for us it's a bad um characteristic of modern life it's a way that we mm. cope, but it is ultimately bad for our psyche, is my hypothesis. That is probably true. That is probably true. Yeah. It's probably true that so many people have things about themselves that they don't. Yeah, talk that about either that's where your shame people. is or yeah. where people can have control over you because exactly. they discover your right. shame. Right. And right. so um, I actually have never talked about this on this podcast. So this is the thing that I'll try to say very quickly. But. Basically, I grew up, uh, my father was like an international criminal, <laughs> let's put it that way. And uh, it was just 
a long story in which I lived in a life where I was like never supposed to talk about the family outside the family, right? Like it's very you live in a secret world that you don't talk about. Very and, similar to the Watkins family. <laughs> yeah, oh, and totally. in public life, yeah, and in public life, you're a citizen that's part of everything, and everybody pretends like you're part of like the higher class, but really it's because you're criminal lords, right? You know that kind of thing. And so I, when I moved to America after my dad got killed, I actually did start to experience this like schism with like how we present ourselves in public versus how you actually live in private. And so from a pretty young age, it felt wrong to me. And I've been trying to synthesize all the sides of me and present the same side of myself. So I bring this all up because two things. One thing that I did is actually like five or six years ago, I went on this podcast. Um, I'm not gonna say the name because I don't want anybody to look it up. <laughs> but uh, I went on a podcast that is actually adjacent to the Legion of Skanks podcast, which is the alt righty podcast that I'm currently having problems with. So the the podcast that I went to was already kind of like, it's a comic that's loved by that side. Um, that it has like the same fan base overlaps, at least, you know what I mean? And so all of that audience, I think, is already very aware of my history and my family because it's, but it's part of that world where they broadcast something about the people they like are interested in. But they kind of, I think, don't fuck with it because they like the comic who interviewed me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they oh, just, oh, interesting. So the framing yeah, like thing. They, it's it's a thing where it's like I already put it out there and I already put it out there on one of their platforms. So what's the worst thing you can do? Like once in a while, I get somebody being like, oh, it wasn't your dad a murderer. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Block. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I don't give a shit because to be honest with you, like even right now when I'm having all these problems this week, I've had multiple people DM me and text me and be like, oh, my God, I'm sorry you're going through this. I hope you're OK. And I'm like. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm totally fine. Yeah. I right. am because I already dealt with these sides of my life. You get me? There's no shame. There's nothing you can control over me about them. And then the other part of it is the sex stuff. I also have been very open on Twitter and on podcasts and on everything about my sexual exploration, going to sex parties, like all of that stuff. So it's like, what are you going to do? Like find my FetLife profile? I I'll tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> What's the fucking problem? <laughs> so they just, I think, don't really have an angle at which they can get at me. And I think that's what's driving them crazy, Jake, because it's like they go at like, oh, well, it's because you're not a successful comic and that's why you're mad. And I'm like, idiots, I'm not comics. And then I get to laugh at them and be like, you can't even tell when you're talking to a comic or not a comic. What a comedy expert. Yeah. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're such a fucking loser. And so it does feel like shooting fish in a barrel because it's literally like unself-examined men who are looking up to these like quote alpha male fucking dudes to tell them how to live and how to be and everything they do is about like i don't know mm -hmm. if you saw but i started being like uh oh do you want to go to skank fest if you want to go to skank fest for free all you have to do is get blocked by me and then dm a picture of the block <laughs> screenshot to all three of the hosts <laughs> and that's like the first 100 people will get flights and fucking accom accommodations dm the fucking podcast and so then they're like all hitting me up and i'm like yes go bother them i i will fuck with you right back like i literally am like what are you gonna do to me i don't depend on you for a living and then that's the main thing that they have such power over other people in comedy because they can provide access that they lord that over other people and it doesn't right. work with me so i say all of this to be like i encourage both of you on the path of like the more we synthesize 
all the sides of who we are well, into one. I think that more and more industries are going to yeah. become like tech because yeah. the tech industry is essentially, I am far from the weirdest person <laughs> that I work with. <laughs> I am far from, even with this thing, even with this, I, I, that's why I kind of knew, you know, it's like, well, uh, this definitely isn't affecting, you know, my job at all. So, right, yeah. right. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 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 funny that uh, it, when it comes to this as well, I think that really what happened with the word furry is that in the early two thousands, people all got online, and this thing that had been around for a few decades. You know, it, it, this goes back to getting out in front of something, right? This thing that had already been around for a few decades kind of got defined by early YouTube culture and cringe memes and that kind of thing. And so you had a few, yes, autism is very much, you know, in this fandom. There are a lot of autistic people in it. So you had all of the worst meltdowns on early YouTube all of the worst, you know, cases of that. And then that's what got associated. And uh, even all of the weirdest sexual things, right, that sometimes uh, appear, you know, in kind of a cluster, right, that you have different furries with those fetishes, so they commission art that also features those fetishes. So then you think, oh, every furry must be extremely perverted like this art, right? So that is also another thing, right? Where it's, um, yeah, it's just our definition of what this is varies greatly from the definition inside the community. Um, but you know, where I would say that, you know, for me, it's not even really a sex thing, but that is how it's perceived outside. So that's why I felt such a need to you know, as I said, get in front of it, right? And it's interesting how if you kind of fail to do that, then they get to define what this is before they even call you out, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, Something you said that when we were talking that I thought was really interesting that I've been kind of grappling with myself lately is uh, that you do ultimately feel better after having this had happened but it is still like annoying yeah. that you didn't have control over like when and where it, and it, how yeah right? and it's how yeah. you didn't have ultimate control over when this would happen but you do ultimately feel better for that this thing no longer exists right that this is not another angle right it's, it's over yeah it's weird well, but- Go ahead. Let me ask you both this, because um, I was just thinking about like I don't know, let's call them normal people, right? Like not online people. Um, <laughs> I've watched like a lot of the people close to my age, like having kids and stuff, and they do well. Some of them don't give a shit, and they like make a Instagram account for their kid from like the day they were born and shit. But others don't. They're like, I'll never post post my child's face. I'll never want to like have my kid have an online life before they even like have an identity, you know, all this kind of shit. So 
I personally feel because I guess I was online from a very young age, but I feel like being online did help me reach a higher level of self-realization in terms of synthesizing all of the different sides of myself that could have been anchors to my identity if I felt shame and fucking all this shit around them. So in a lot of ways, sometimes I look at people who are not online and I'm like, oh, aren't you just kind of like, like hanging on to your little compartment very, very tightly and like wanting to not have to either expose that to public view or to be exposed to like criticism or shining a light onto all the sides of yourself, with, which may even be contradictory, right? I don't know. Right. Does that make sense? How do you feel about that? Like what are they? <laughs> are they okay? <laughs> what <do we> <laughs> um, so first of all, uh, I think it's, oh yeah, I'll answer. For, I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Please. First of all, I think obviously it's a very big waste of time to never put your kid online. Um, even if they decide that they are like an extreme anti-social media person, that's their identity, right? As they're growing up, um, their face is still going to be captured somehow, yeah. either in school, in public. Mm-hmm. And it's going to end up in these databases. Uh, the government, for example, keeps, you know, driver's license photo databases. There's no way in the modern world to avoid that. Unless you literally just pick up your entire family, like, as soon as your kid is born, so you can be sure that there are no photos. Making sure that the nurses and doctors have made photos. And then go live in the forest or something in a secluded yeah. cabin. And then that way, okay, there's no, you know, but other than that, that's it. So that's a waste of time. Um, yeah. However, even to the broader issue of whether people that, like, don't, you know, have social media accounts that they use or, uh, like, are they okay? <laughs> uh, probably not, actually. I mean. No, I don't think so, right? I don't think so at all. So, yeah, yeah, because people that, like, that tend to get really worried, I notice, when like uh like a journalist like I, I will talk about oh yeah i was talking to the journalist oh god about what what do they want to know you know that that kind of thing that's what i've noticed but maybe jake will have more to say well i guess the first thing that i was that i was thinking about when you asked that question louisa is like um i kind of ran the math in my head on this a few times when i was thinking about like you know am i gonna fucking out myself or am i gonna whatever yeah. or even earlier in my life am I, am I gonna do something as insane as trying to be a comedian instead of getting a regular job you know all of these things these decisions that i've made that have all ebbed in a very like s- specific direction that is you know some people look at me that have square jobs that i grew up with and they're like you're a crazy person like how did you do all this <laughs> shit you know yeah. um and like wh- the calculus on it is uh to me, I always imagine people that want to explore their lives in all these various ways and then make the decision not to for their entire life. And then when they're old, they're like, man, I wish I would have done that. And I had like, I've had so many conversations with people who are like, you know, married and stuff and they have kids. But when I come through town on tour, they're like, Drink an extra beer for me, please. Like, I want you, you know, like, vicariously trying to live through you and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that's the fucked up thing about life is that, like, neither I nor that guy will never know which one of us took the right path. But this, to me, this seems like the right path because it seems like I was going to get here eventually anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I might have just sidetracked myself for a long time doing the traditional stuff. So, like, 
I think I do. I do. Maybe I'm fucking. Maybe I'm an asshole, but I do kind of tend to think that normies, as we call them on the internet, are uh, mm-hmm. they're miserable, and that's <laughs> why they're miserable, and they're living this fractured, you know, life that they are, can't even admit to themselves is is not entirely like um, f- f- what was the word like actualized. Healthy. I'm sorry. Healthy. Healthy. Yeah, healthy, and um. I, and, but with regards to that question about like kids, you know, being on social media, I mean, that's a fucking weird thing to think about because I think that the problem with everyone's shit being forcefully put on social media is that like, the internet is being built as, as our lives are happening right now, right? In the far, far future, everyone will just be online online. and then it won't be embarrassing if anyone finds out anything about somebody else because everyone's shit will be so public that it won't be it won't you won't even fucking you know turn bat your eyes or whatever the fuck the term is like it won't even it'll be so caught you'll know a million furries will become like the tech industry right exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i mean yeah the the tech industry or like comedies full of freaks of certain kinds whatever all these things that are you know specific to niche worlds will be like very ubiquitous but the problem is that right now we live in a time where some people get to choose to hide certain things about themselves, and that has a cumulative yeah. effect on those of us that are choosing to be actualized and healthy and consistent and fluid and stuff like that. Mm. And that fucking sucks for us, but, you know, on you're a frontiersman at some level. Like, you... I mean, I'm a comic. Okay. What is the job of an artist? I'm the person that's supposed to be staking this shit out in front of everyone else and then leading, you know, the people behind me to, to be able to live more comfortably in the wake, you know? That's so interesting. Yeah, that's such a great way to look at it, because, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we well, I will say, um, as you were saying that, Jake, even in the sense of, like, uh, being, like, a white-passing Latina, right, or a white Latina, I don't know what the term is now, uh, no one I knows. refer to myself now, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't even fucking know, because, uh, but, um, there is this thing of like a lot of other white Latinos, like bear with me for a second, Fred. We like they exist in a in a space of privilege because they can be in a lot of spaces and pass as white people, and yet they can also claim um the oppression of like immigration problems and like all these things because they're Latino and not white, right? But right. they fucking look white and are white. And in a lot of cases in their home countries function as the top class of white people right Mm -hmm. so there is this thing of like your life could be just so much easier if you just like go through without ever having to acknowledge any difference because you pass but there's a bunch of people who don't get to walk around life passing as what's safer or easier gives you most power right so to me that is something where i'm like as a white latino it is my job to be pointing out like why we're white it's because of colonialism like who we should be siding with it's with the indigenous people you know like all this stuff and like rejecting any privilege that might come my way because of the fact that i can enter certain white spaces and honestly that to me comes from the fact that i have synthesized these different parts and like those people who are like let's say like rich venezuelans that come to america and then they want to be like republicans but they also want to be like, oh, my God, I'm an oppressed Latino and whatever. 
they are people who exist with compartments in their life that allow them to believe that those two identities are not contradictory and that they don't have contradictory goals and interests and fucking comrades. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so ultimately my argument is that like the better adjusted a person is, the more compartments they probably have in their life that make them seem better adjusted to everyone in those different compartments but those are the fucking psychos. <laughs> like, that's my whole argument. <laughs> yeah. Can I jump in real quick to say something about yeah, it? Yeah, of course. I'm, yeah. Sorry we're veering off into Latino yeah. shit, but I just made me think about something. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I've been reading a little bit of like uh, like Chicano theory, like what that is mm-hmm. lately. And I think that's kind of where I identify. If you don't know like the specifics of where that term comes from, it's uh, like in like the 70s, there's a generation of Mexican-Americans who you know a lot of us were like tejanos and stuff like that who their parents were into assimilation and so they came up with i think this term chicano to sort of like carve out a niche like that no my parents are trying to force us to become white and so i'm reclaiming like part of this identity because that is part of me but also in rejecting assimilation you are like trying not to become like a party to the dominant fucking hegemonic capitalistic evil fucking thing or whatever and i think the nuance there i like because i'm also i don't want to be one of those people who is a white passing latino who's just like you know i am all of mexico or whatever and like waving the flag around or whatever (laughs) because it's like i'm fucking barely even speak spanish like no of course not you know but on the other hand i think that some people get so reactionary and and cringy about that person that they then swing in the other direction and they do this thing where they're like all the way like no fuck you every latin person that's white is just white and it's like not really how it works either like you have to understand the nuance you know you might think i know nothing about this topic but i actually (laughs) speak spanish not very well and with a terrible gringle accent oh cool you write it very well i i I write it well yeah 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 Uh, all the languages that I know, I write much better than I speak. Uh, Same. I, I can write I can write Italian, yeah, but it's mm-hmm. when real Especially Italians Japanese. talk to me. It's I can too write fast. Japanese way better than I can speak it. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and one of my best friends is a white passing, you know, Latino. Mm-hmm. And it, he, of course, is looking not to emigrate to the U.S., but to Europe. And it's something that is so obviously like a part of that process even, right? Where it's just, if you're white passing, you're getting privileges that others are not, and you have to struggle with that. And the fact that he is also in his own country considered like rich or middle class, Mm -hmm. a lot of which based also on colorism, you know, yeah. Yeah. he's very white. I mean, um, yeah, it's so I, I do know something about this, even though I have a boring uh, Irish, I guess is where my last name comes from. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only white kid, so-called, in my AP Spanish class as well. So that was funny. Well, I mean, it doesn't interact with like the stuff that we're talking about, about having compartmentalized identities and stuff, though, because it is like if you're a white passing Latino, you're like, um, it's you're, uh, I, okay, this is maybe a weird comparison to make. It just occurred to me. Like, 
they're like straight passing gay people who like can live in yeah. the closet if they choose to mm. and then there's like people exactly that's a good analogy there's like gay comics who have jokes about how they're like i literally couldn't like i'm just so gay that like you know <laughs> like no one would believe me if i tried to fucking lie about it or yeah. whatever um i would say that's true of tons of different identities i mean yeah totally you yeah. know what's a different example actually that's like the opposite of what you're saying jake i remember being like i don't know like fucking preteen or whatever and watching married with children and i loved married with children and do you remember that there was like a latin newscaster what was her name i don't remember so <laughs> she would like come whenever like when no man was fucking protesting or whatever yeah, there yeah. would be this like latin newscaster and then she was like white passing and she would speak perfect english but then every time she said like her own name or words that were in spanish she like pronounce them correctly so she would be like maria conchita whatever whatever yeah, for the yeah. name, you know <laughs> and then and it was like to me at 12 i was like wait so are they mad that she pronounces spanish correctly or are they <laughs> like or are they mad that she doesn't say it the english way like what is oh, the weird. problem here yeah because she like looks and she fits the part of a white lady on news Right. But then you're like, so, and so, like, there would be the jokes of, like, how they, uh, I think Family Guy even had the same joke. It's so weird because yeah. I know both ways to say it, too. Yeah. I can say it the bad English way, and I can say it the right way. Right, you're getting it, exactly. Different <laughs> things about me. Yeah. If exactly. I say it the right way, they will be like, oh, are you Latin American? You look so white, though. Yeah. That, like, yeah. or have you ever been there, or, like, that kind of thing. And then if I say it badly, yeah. Yeah, but then you see that it's a thing where it's like, um, like for a Latino. So if you say it correctly, then some Americans will perceive it as it's performative, right, where you're right. trying to like I mean, show them that you're Latino. But I have you, made fun of a lot of people for that. And I, I know, but, it, but you're wrong though. Also, but also like I don't know because if we say it in the English way, then it's like the assimilation way. But honestly, like I literally moved to this country with like a fucking four part name, and then they were like. Fill out this scantron. It better fit in the bubbles. Cut it down. <laughs> and then it's just like my name became first name, middle initial, first last name. And I just dropped all these other names. <laughs> and so I'm like, wasn't that me assimilating so that they would understand my name? Like I couldn't just be like, it's Maria Conchita Alonso or whatever. Or even like, uh, do you guys remember Animaniacs? Yeah. I felt like Animaniacs was making fun of me because Dodd's <laughs> full name was Maria Conchita Alonso, whatever, and she would go, and like my full name is Luisa Fernanda Diaz Gomez Bedoya Gomez de Restrepo. So it felt like Dodd was making fun of me. No? I <laughs> don't me. know. I mean, I, I know you've identified a specific trope from the yeah. 90s. That was a yeah. joke, but I don't know what the point of the joke was. It made well, people laugh, but it was I, like, was I it making think, fun honestly, of? I think, honestly, Jake, I bring it up because I think it was about the tension between this desire for like exoticism and authenticity, but also assimilation. Like you should measure up and be a part of it, which I think is a big part of the of the Latino experience in this country. Even I would say a black, probably any immigrant of like being um, stuck between two places, but also any person with, who has an identity that's outside the main, mainstream probably feels this tension in their life of what they're supposed to like, you know, what you, you should perform to be safer and to like not yeah. draw attention and not be right. questioned. And, you know, what is quote edgy and pushing the line and asking people to question you and asking people to fucking like daring them to be upset by you so well, okay here's a question does yeah. that happen with like stuff like we're talking about like sex stuff like furry shit and like you know for me as like a, a fucking bdsm dork or whatever like 
when I was, you know, before I was necessarily outed, uh, like in the, on the scale that I was, um, I noticed a stark change in the last 10 years where like people just started wearing like weird S and M shit as like fashion and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, are you appropriating my culture and all this stuff? And like, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, but also like it became, I, I think the reason it became part of fashion is because it was edgy, right? Cause yeah. it was like society was changing. Everyone was like expanding everything that were, you know, is in the, the common zeitgeist of what's acceptable and stuff. And so that there was like a liminal edge where it was like, Oh, this is a little bit, this freaks people out in the nineties. If you wanted to freak people out, you got a tongue ring or something. Now this is like hey. a little bit too taboo. And then it's just going to keep really happening. I really hate the way you just pigeonholed me that way. That was terrible. <laughs> you have a tongue I, ring? I had, I had the first tongue ring in my, in my high school, in my <laughs> sophomore year in high school. You yeah. know what happened to me guys? Um, I came back like it's after summer, right? When we come back to class, one of my teachers saw, she's like, what, what's in your mouth? <laughs> and she saw my tongue ring. And then in the next period, a teacher came and called me out of my class to show six other teachers my tongue ring. <laughs> okay, so they made me stand in the hallway in the middle of my chemistry class and be like, "Open your mouth, show them." <laughs> and it's like, this kid, this is like, this feels like child abuse. Yeah, this is wild. weird. <laughs> yeah, like, this is, is six adults, is yeah, singling me out for being like too weird for the school. Yeah, sucks, man. I guess what I'm getting at though is that uh, I bet in like five to ten years you'll see like in in fashion in like cool brooklyn hipster shit like a little bit of furry shit here and there because it'll be people within a large population of people it who could are be, could be i mean um i think maybe one of the reasons that won't happen but could be wrong is because it's so identified with so-called cringe culture and you have like all these Vice documentaries that have gone and been like, let's just go interview the weirdest people we can. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's go like and, you know, who's going to make the cut for that? Obviously, not the guy that can, you know, opine and philosophize about what this means. Right. It's going to be the guy with probably obvious autism and also probably who isn't functioning the best in their daily life. And also might even have like other elements to it where it's like they actually feel like they are an animal so they're like dancing around with a tail you know that mm -hmm. is the kind of thing that vice loves right yeah to you know basically and not only vice right not singling out that yeah media, you know. well but let me ask you this though so okay i see how them like any kind of media doing this like sensationalized version of furries let's say it obviously contributes to the negative or incorrect or incomplete perception of what furry life might be like for the people who espouse it, right? But as a raver, right? Like I was a raver like late 90s to early 2000s and I witnessed like the opening of my tiny niche world to the whole rest of the world and it was horrible. Like I, it was, it ruined everything. Once like the music we listened to was on the radio and the drugs we did were the, the drugs like the preppy kids did and like fucking rappers started rapping about ecstasy and like it just became like mm. this thing that was hidden and like special and a world yeah. only for those of us who found it 
Like, I almost preferred the time when people were just like, oh, ravers were pookie heads and they just thought it was like a stereotype, <laughs> you know? But you weren't trying to come over here and do any yeah. of our things. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know? dude, when when Fifty Shades of Grey yeah. came out and all these yeah. normie ass <laughs> people were like talking about like, oh, I, you tie my wife up or whatever. I was like, <laughs> it was so cringy and I hated it. But... <laughs> I don't know if it was a net bad, though, because I think yeah. that's just a byproduct of a greater normalization. So what happens when something expands like that is then like, OK, so raver shit, right? Yeah. Now you have these posers and it's annoying yeah. for people like you. But as people explore that world, they go, no, 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 no. You got to come meet Louisa. She can show you some really cool music you don't even fucking know about because yeah. you're just day one in this shit. And I think the expansion is good. I think the thing you're describing is a proper mm. reaction from people like us that are like in the thing. <laughs> oh, cringe. <laughs> people are getting into so, our little box. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do you mean? so interesting. And I think it might someday happen now that you're all talking about it. I don't know that it's happened yet for furry, but I think that some of us have certain jokes, like there's somebody I follow and has in their Twitter profile. Highest ranked furry at the United Nations, which I <laughs> see the funniest bio almost anywhere. On and I love that. It is going to continuously happen where either through outing or just these people deciding to stop compartmentalizing, where the broader society is going to see, wow, this is a lot more widespread than we thought. And then, you know, go from there. <laughs> I totally agree with you, honestly, because um, I that has been my experience with like non-traditional relationships and non-traditional dating is that um, 15 years ago, I was still getting like, it was so weird that I did, wasn't married to my partner of a long time and that I didn't want children and that I never wanted to get married and that I didn't believe in monogamy. And now it like being more public about it, it has only brought forth more people who are like, actually, that sounds great. I didn't know I had options, <laughs> you know, and they we're having great conversations. And so um, I know I, I see how like the opening up is also part of, I guess, us synthesizing all our compartments. It just is, it can be really difficult. Um, I guess I've come full circle, right? Where I understand the compartmentalization people because it is so much easier to protect your little box and be happy that it exists only for you. Yeah. But it is ultimately not super beneficial to you or maybe it's more beneficial to the entire group or to the whole identity for it to be accepted as not a weird thing and part of right. and an option and all of that. I don't know. I mean, I, I think um, I'm thinking a lot about how how like how fast things actually change. You don't notice it because you are yeah. a dot on a line that's moving very slowly. But like when I was uh, in high school, I had a friend who was gay and he um, one day he just turned to me and he was like he, he had been reading about trans people. And this is in like, tw you know, 2000 and four or something like that like way before there was a national conversation about and he was a gay like young kid who was like having sex and stuff and he was like you know my go-to like tell me about that world I, what is that like and he was like one day his eyes were like saucers like, have you ever thought about this like what it's like to be like live in a body that isn't like your body or whatever and he he was freaking out about it and i was like why this is a journey for you too, right? Fat, f fucking fast forward to you know twenty years later or whatever. 
Now it's like commonplace. Like there's all these fucking trans people around and it's like, well, they were yeah. around before. They just weren't able to be themselves. And so like, but I'm like almost amazed that I can have a conversation with my dad right now about trans people. That would have been a shot, like a conversation yeah. I didn't understand 20 years ago when I was in high school. So like things are rapidly changing and the I feel the same way about socialism and right, communism. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 And it's like, good like the point is to like that we need people for that shit so like the point is to keep normalizing right and like um but there's but the thing that the normalization ebbs up against that's really like constricting i think is interesting um and this got me thinking about another thing there's this politician uh he was a state senator congressman something like that in like virginia um lee carter um, and I think he just lost his reelection thing. I don't know, I can't remember what happened, but he was, um, he was like a DSA socialist, right? Type. Uh, and he won this election and it was a huge deal. He's in the South. And I remember during his campaign, I think I'm getting this right. I think this is him during his campaign. He's a, he's a young guy. So he said, uh, Hey, before I even start campaigning, um, there's pictures of my dick out there. I'm a millennial. You know, I, uh, we all do this. We all have <laughs> sex with each other. Hilarious. He got in front of it, right? The thing we're talking about. And he was just yeah. like, if anyone tries to fucking do this, I mean, everyone my age has done this. We all, this is how we fucking hook up with each other and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it never I became an issue. But the reason yeah. that he had to is really interesting to me because he was getting into politics and politics is a place where they use all this stuff against you yes yes yeah Yeah. and so i was i always thought that was the coolest thing in the world i was like you just broke down a wall that they were going to use against all of us if you know all of us who are fucking cool and smart and into stuff like this (laughs) and got or sent dick pics yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but it's like i don't know is that part of it is it like is this a fight also upward like it i guess what i'm saying is it is it good is it good to destigmatize stuff like this because it just seems like you can get in trouble for being an outlier but you you know that's a bad thing. Well, I, I think that, uh, unfortunately, it seems like the the goal is to destigmatize, but it seems like if we look at, like, a gay liberation and fucking civil rights, it there have to be martyrs that have to be willing to suffer the consequences. Because one of yeah. the things that y'all are talking about is how gay and trans, people used to basically use the same word for both things. Yeah. Gay. You're gay. Yeah. If you're trans, you're gay. If you're gay, you're gay. You would just be called gay. Or, you know, the worst word that starts with F. Yeah. Right. And so, as all of those identities came into society, the broader society started understanding, you know, hey, gay and trans are actually different. They can, they have considered themselves different since, like, the beginning of time. And we are just finding out about this, so we think that this is new. But no. There have always been trans people, and there have always been gay people, and, uh, just due to this broader society, a lot of gay people, or sorry, a lot of trans people start out thinking they're gay. Right. Um, especially in like the early 2000s and 90s when, you know, being trans wasn't so openly out there that they wouldn't have even known that trans people exist. But being and gay so, was an option. There was yeah, maybe a yeah. possibility. Yeah. So they went for the option of being gay, not knowing that the option of being trans was there. There's a great video about that on philosophy too. Which, oh, to be clear, we're not saying friends. that it's a choice. I I want to be clear that oh, you know, as an anthropologist, yeah. we're not saying that it's a choice. We're saying that 
in society, there are narratives that exist that give you the possibility of how you can frame yourself and your position in the world. And Absolutely. especially as a child, if those are if, if like the different versions of narratives and possibilities are not shown to you and you're only shown this is how to be a boy and this is how to be a girl right. or then whatever, you're constricted. Exactly. Yeah. Which takes sometimes exploration and trying on different narratives that are presented to you and until you find the one that fits. It's not a matter of it being a choice, but is uh, I think. Actually, we like landed on exactly why the destigmatization and like opening up these worlds matters because it is about making these narratives more commonplace so that all the people who need to find them, whether it's about being poly or socialist or fucking BDSM or furry or anything that's outside of the identity that society is telling you that you're supposed to be, I think our job for the future is a non-breeder <laughs> i am still concerned that all the future generations should have more examples to follow that might lead them closer to happiness and self-realization in a shorter time than it's taken us i am too and another thing i want to add to this that i've been thinking about is mm -hmm. um how like frederick was just talking about how people used to equate gay and trans people for that reason. Um, something that really concerns me and that comes up when, you know, delving into the dark world of our stupid alt-right, you know, anti-fan base and stuff and what motivates those people is that they also used to equate all this stuff with pedophilia. And that was a basis mm. for killing people, you know? Yeah. And for, for, um, policy making right. or like making law around discriminating against gay people and trans people and Not, everyone except priests actually right, who are the fucking people that are dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was not long ago in this country that if the reason that you had to hide the fact that you were like a gay man was because everyone thought because they didn't understand what was going on with you that that ever there was a heteronormativity and then outside of it there were these people who encompassed by nature of not being in the normal they were everything outside the normal they were pathological if you're yeah. fucking other men you probably are you know not you're probably fucking everything and that includes yeah. shit that would be wrong or whatever and like one thing that's been you know good about the destigmatization of everything is that you probably if you asked a person randomly on the street today they probably wouldn't think that they have like a they've seen will and grace and shit and they understand what a gay person <laughs> is and stonewall and clubs and stuff but that's like a process that needs to keep happening because that that like that's still I think that shit's still around, especially in the fucking weird trad Nazi alt-right stuff where they all kind of mm -hmm. think that they're, like, fighting oh, the Illuminati. Is. I mean, yeah. Nazis basically have a belief in degeneracy, as right. they call it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the final end of degeneracy is always pedophilia, right? Yeah. And so it's like a scale of so-called degeneracy. And the more degenerate you are, I'm putting those in air, huge air quotes so nobody can see them, <laughs> then yeah. you are approaching pedophilia. That's how they conceive it. And so that's why they are so engaged in things like outing. Because in their world, you know, they are literally like outing, you know, possible pedophiles. That's how they see it. Yeah. Man, isn't it so weird that they have basically framed pedophilia and like trad sex for breeding purposes only as opposites on a scale 
Yeah, that I know. Is extremely strange. Yeah. Isn't that fucking weird? Like it's either you I, fuck babies yeah. or you fuck to make babies. Yeah, there's no in the them. middle. <laughs> yeah, it causes people on the far right to be extremely clustered in everything. It's like it so doesn't insane. matter. Doesn't yeah. matter what we're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely, I can't believe that I've never like seen how clearly that that is the line where it's like if you're not fucking to make babies, you must be gay you must be an f-word you must be a, a pet mm-hmm, pedophile mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. get called you know an f-word yeah so, uh yeah <laughs> yeah no exactly yeah, because F-word, you're not breeding furry. you're not breeding <laughs> yeah exactly uh crazy i will tell you jake uh today i had the thought that i was jake pilled <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean i'm coining this term which is that um i started to feel like everyone around me is a coward. <laughs> <laughs> is that accurate? Hell no? yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I feel well, like. Well, because I, I've been spending like the last few days like straight up just fighting with all these little Nazis and these little misogynists who like literally uh, they think that I am desperate for these men's approval and that I care if they think I'm not attractive. Like they're such misogynists that they care. They think that like it hurts me so much if they insult my looks. <laughs> and I'm like... You can't even spell the insult that you just said to me. <laughs> you are an imbecile. <laughs> like, I am so much better than you. But I started to feel like, you know, okay, I, uh, and this is a feminism thing where, like, in feminism, you know, we understand that the whole point of feminism is like all the people, all the women should get to choose whatever they want to choose, even if what they choose is like being trad and serving a man breakfast every day and, you know, having her their whole life be about serving a man and having babies right that's feminism you get to choose that but i just today and like yesterday i ran into this feeling where i'm just like there's so many comics that they don't even want to be trad they just want to like play this middle ground of just like i want to be friends with everyone and i don't want to have to pick a side and uh you know like oh have you thought that maybe the Nazis in your mention sometimes they're they're nice to me when I go to festivals? I'm like, yeah, but also the person you're defending spit on me and right. pushed me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what are you? How are you trying to play both sides of this? You're not going to win. And so I just increasingly have had this feeling where like I want everybody. I I really believe like everybody that's hearing me. I am not judging any comic for doing this festival, for example. Let's say. Because I know there's a variety of reasons for them to do it. Money, status, it's the only work you get. You are actually in real life friends with the people that run this. There's so many reasons. So I want to give you the freedom to do whatever you want, right? In that feminist way of like, even if you want to choose being barefoot in the kitchen, (laughs) pregnant in the kitchen or whatever, that's your choice, blah, blah, blah. But I can't help but be so mad that they're such cowards especially the ones that don't want to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, but they don't want to stand up right. for changing any of it. You know what right. I mean? Right. right. Yeah, like they don't like the status quo, but they don't want to go against it. Too, that would be exactly. too risky. Too risky to their personal gain and their personal brain. No, it's cowardly. They're cowards. Coward. It's compl- yeah. the, thing, the problem is people have a fantasy. They have a story they tell themselves that you can both sides things and you can yeah. be like a neutral, but the problem with that is that when one person is attacking another person and you remain neutral you have de facto through your complacency endorsed exactly. the attacker because and it's this yeah. is why when nazis look at i edit wikipedia a lot and they look at wikipedia and they say wikipedia is so biased against our side 
It's so biased against <laughs> conservatives. Uh, no, that, no, no, it isn't. And it's because there is no way to both sides. X is a climate denier. X yeah. is yeah. an anti-vaxxer. It is a fact that is easily proven, even if they don't identify that way. They say things that deny climate change. They say things that are vaccine denialists. And so, yeah. you know, it, even though they don't want to accept those labels, and it, it's it's often just fighting about labels. Yeah. Like, the broader society has a label furry and a conception of what that means. Meanwhile, in the community itself, there are like four different terms that people might take, right? You can say, well, I'm a furry, which would just, you know, mean that you have any interest at all in furry art or doing uh, conventions. You could say that you're other kin, meaning that you actually feel like you are a non-human animal. Uh, then there are, you know, those that we don't want to associate with, which, you know, they, we would say that they would have like an interest in feral, F-E-R-A-L. As in, you know, bestiality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excluded people, right? You go that do also something else. That, al- that also crosses into BDSM a little bit. There's primal. Yeah. There are people who identify as primal, which was probably like the closest thing I got to in BDSM. You're just like, I don't go. F- I was like, I don't go full into the animal thing, but the instinctual thing. I Interesting. Like a kinship with. But in comedy, I would say what's weird is like, the thing we're being played with right now, Fred, is like a bunch of comics who happen to all end up falling on the alt-right side or right center-right side of things. They um, they keep saying, like, got to hear both sides. I'm open to everything. Oh, my God. And they get a lot of attention. We welcome everyone. Yeah. But, you know, but here's what's crazy, this. though, is if you look at, like, the history of comedy, the history of comedy is not like the of good and successful comedy is not i just bring you all the bad sides and the good sides and whatever it's like maybe you explored all the sides but you come to the stage with a fucking opinion <laughs> you know like yeah. you pick a fucking side <laughs> these people that all pro- like you do they brand you make these, a joke the legion of skanks brand themselves as like like these iconoclasts yeah. but they're actually like they're just simping for like anyone who will give them money and like yeah. the both so, sides thing just doesn't because I don't know so much about comedy, I'm going to ask a question then. Yeah, what please. do you think of my favorite comedian, George Carlin? Oh, right now? oh, he's Come wonderful. On. You think he's he was the... a good comic? Yeah, yeah, no, he's the... Um, you know what sucks? Okay, here's here's something that happens. As a lady dating in New York City, um, as soon as like men realize you like comedy, they'll be like, oh, I also love stand-up. Here's my five favorite comics. And like, no lie, four out of the five are dead, you know? So then you realize, like, oh, you don't actually like comedy. Like, you like old comedy records. You don't know <laughs> right. shit about comedy. All those people are dead. I but admit when you, that I but, know nothing about comedy. No, but listen. <laughs> but when but when the first one is Carlin, you're like, ah, can't hate you for that one. Uh, it's, come on. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Dude, Carlin like, yeah, transcended no, I mean, comedy. He is absolutely. like, he should be in history books and stuff. Absolutely. So, like, but can I tell you why I think? I think it's because it's not like a, oh, he was always right thing. It's not any of this like idol worshiping shit. He was also sometimes shitty. unfunny. <laughs> he was sometimes unfunny. He was sometimes wrong. And also, Jake, he changed his style like five different times across his very long career. Right. So he would hit it big with an audience with like doing dirty words, but then doing like <clears throat> a poetry kind of thing, doing a lyrical kind of thing, doing a rant kind of thing. Every time, as soon as he hit it big with an audience, 
he was like, okay, I found your button. I'm done. I will now do a different thing and fucking push you all away and find a whole new audience. And he was not afraid of being an actual edgelord in the sense right. of like, oh, did you come here to see me do this? Well, I'm going to do the opposite. I mean, I find Instead myself of being a pandering it. fucking bitch. I find <laughs> what these lords, yeah. Where it's like, oh, you've come to my account because you want to hear about Q. Well, yeah. I'm just going to talk about fonts for an hour. I love yes, it when you talk about exactly. fonts. <laughs> exactly, Fred. Exactly. That's, that's another thing, Louisa, you don't know about Fred is he makes fonts. Oh, I didn't know you made that's them, but I've, yeah, tweets, but I've seen your tweets. But I've seen your tweets. Yeah. Okay. It's why cool. I consider myself in the tech industry because that <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. But yeah, that's exactly what I mean is I think um, the real in not just in comedy, the real good artists in any kind. And I also consider those of us who are trying to live a very authentic life, no matter the risk. We're also artists. It's just that our canvas is our life. Totally. Super corny Dude, about it. I mean, <laughs> but it's true. For two things. First of all, the, the, yeah. just to explain the, you, here's why the middle ground thing doesn't work and it's cowardly. Yeah. Like, think about it this way. I was just like, this is going back to something we were talking about earlier, but. There's 99 Nazis in a room and one socialist. Oh, I'm going to find the middle ground and not upset anyone. Well, you landed in the Mm -hmm. Nazi part. That's not how reality Mm -hmm. works. That assumes that we're living in a highly democratic system where everyone's all... That's not how it fucking works. But to to further your point, and that's why also I just fucking feel the need to constantly call out these fucking people as cowards. And, you know, everyone... If you asked every comic we know, everyone's like... Carlin is great. I love him. And then, but everyone's lost sight of why they liked a guy like this. You're a hundred percent right. The way you are living your life is artistic and it's the point. And that's why when people look at people like you and me and they go, Oh my God, you're online and you're constantly fighting with these fucking Nazis and shit like that. Why don't you get off stage and do comedy? I'm like, this is comedy. This is where it's at right now. (laughs) Comedy currently is in a state of fighting with fucking Nazis. If you want, if you are a Carlin person who or, the or pandering to them if you're not a Carlin, Carlin person, honestly. Those mm-hmm. are the two sides of it. Um, so part of the reason that I got Jake Pilled, trademark, <laughs> that's what I'm calling it, is that um, there were several comics. Well, not several. There was two. There was two comics that unfollowed me, Jake, which is really funny to me because you basically unfollowed me in this way of like, I'm radioactive. Like, I'm a person who you don't want to be associated with in comedy because I'm fighting with a big podcast in comedy. But you never felt like you had to disassoci- disassociate from like the Proud Boys adjacent podcast. Thank <laughs> you. Right. Like, That's fine with my brand. But. This girl, this girl with uh, 6,000 followers is <laughs> like, oh, goddamn, this is going to ruin my brand. What the fuck? You're such pussies. Dude, if it was if it, it was the other way around and we had a huge fucking media empire and they yeah. had Luis Gomez at 6,000 followers, what yeah. decision do you think that person would make? I know. They would they go, would right, yes, and it's like, exactly. you're, you would have been a fucking loser if you did that in that scenario, yeah. too. Think for yourself, yeah. motherfucker. God damn. Exactly. No, that's why to me, I, I, okay, the last few days, what I love about it, because all the people that are being like, are you sure you're okay? Or like, they'll like message me stuff like, I'm so sorry you're going through this. And I'm like, oh, you're like projecting because you can't handle conflict. Right. Because right? they're imagining if they were doing it. That yeah. Freaks exactly. them out. They can't handle conflict. But like, what this has done for me is it has made them show their faces. Every racist, every misogynist, every person who has a low-hanging fruit joke about pronouns, about 
it's like being an SJW because you believe in fucking protest like like ADA shit. Like it's just insane, insane fucking bullshit, right? To me, I'm like, you're showing me all the people that I wanna I wanna be aware of who you are so that I don't trust your word anymore. Comics, bookers, clubs, fans, show yourself to me as a bigot so that I can block you and be aware and never take your word seriously. Yeah. Perfect. This is perfect for me. Yeah, well, because you're not motivated by like, oh my god, I gotta follow the people with the biggest account and make money and yeah. shit. We are free of that shit because we're smart and cool, you know. I know we're so cool. I this is what our podcast is. is about, Fred. It's just us yeah. telling each other we're cool. But you do know, <laughs> you're both very cool. You're both very cool. Yes, welcome to the cool group. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us, Frederick. I had yeah, a great time. It's necessarily related, but I do feel some of what you're feeling because. I realized basically that I'm spending way too much time on Twitter. So I I came up with a few ways to spend less, right? And one of the ways was, okay, I'm going to pad off my account, right? Because then I'll know that the things I tweet aren't going to be seen publicly. And humorously, this led, uh, I'm not going to say who, but, a, you know, a journalist at one of these big publications that, you know, writes a lot about, uh, you know, right, tech, etc., to message me and be like, I don't want it to be seen that you're on my followers, like that I follow you. So I never followed you before, but I refer to your tweets a lot. So can you please untie your account? So I can oh my again. God. No. I'm still not going to follow you. Yeah. It was like this really deranged uh, message that like went through. I know, cannot sure. believe that they even wrote that and then sent that. Who does that? That happens. <laughs> with, that same thing happens to me a lot with comics will DM me and they'll say, hey, I really appreciate what you're saying about Skankfest and I hate those people. Oh, me too. But I, I'm yeah. going to do the festival. Though. I need to let you know. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, well, what? fuck off. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or they, they don't like your tweet criticizing something terrible yeah. because they don't want to be publicly seen liking it, but then they DM you or they text you being like, yeah, man, thank God you're speaking out and i'm like uh, yeah no. i mean like kiwi i appreciate the support <laughs> yeah. kiwi farms moderators message me and they are like thank you for doing what you're doing yeah. while they are in this organization it's <laughs> yeah. oh man that's so funny this is why this is why you guys like i i want to be a hopeful person for like the future of humanity and organizing and all this stuff but like ultimately this makes me so sad because i'm just like this is the problem, everybody ends up just being like self-interested and only looking into like what protects their short term and not seeing like how if we all just like move to one side of the boat, we can tip the whole thing over. Yeah. Thing. And I guess I'm just done with it. I'm like, I'll fight with all these fucking Nazis and keep calling them Nazis to their face and having an argument with them about how they're not Nazis because they're not wearing uniforms. Hmm? <laughs> like, all right. Okay, sure, Nazi. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a joke about that I just wrote. I'm going to tell you off the Did podcast, you? though. I don't want to oh, ruin okay, my material. Yeah, no, don't burn it. Don't burn it on the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, can I tell you something, though? Sure. Uh, about this argument is that... Um, so we I mentioned earlier uh, to both of you that, like, uh, it's weird that these online attacks and these swarms of the alt-right people, what happens is like, it's almost like they send like new waves of soldiers who o are only aware of the narrative in the middle, like whatever version got given to them. So they just like jump in in the middle, like, ah, I'm ready to fight, but they don't know like anything that happened in the year before, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
And so it's very funny to me this time is that this is like probably the fourth wave of this podcast, sending all of their little hateful people to cancel me or do whatever the fuck they're going to do. And it's so funny to me that they don't realize that the logic of what they're doing, right? So it's like a bunch of little fucking dudes who look up to Jay Okerson so much, right? And to Luis Gomez so much that they feel like they have to go defend him on the internet to a woman who said that their lineup was predictable. And yet, less than six months ago, I owned both Jay Okerson and Luis Gomez on Twitter. <laughs> like, yeah. They can't out argue me. They're not better at Twitter than me. They're not like they're not as clever as me. It just they both retreat to their caves of just like mm, Luis is being mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and like texting other people to be like, can you believe that Luis is attacking us on Twitter, even though they started the whole thing and then they lost. You know what well, I mean? You know what this got me thinking about, man. And is then, it, but then hold on. But then what's funny is that their little minions who look up to them as like alpha males think that they can do a better job than their idols did at attacking me. And they think that they will instill fear in my heart when their idols make me laugh when they try to attack me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so fucking ludicrous, Jake. I don't understand how they don't see the, like, if I can make Jay cry, I can make you cry. You know (laughs) what I mean? What are you doing? Why are you talking to me? Yeah. Well, I think one thing that helps keep those people's underlings motivated yeah. is there's, you know, the forums that they hang out on, stuff like that, and the constant, like, re, re, reifying, I'm going to use the word fucking, of their point of view on their podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, it serves to constantly do the framing thing that Frederick was talking yeah. about. And every time they interact with you, I mean, I, I honestly, like, I, I, I argue with these people on Twitter a lot, but sometimes yeah. like it is like I'm hungover. Ah, I'm on my phone too much. Why am I sitting here arguing with every individual yeah. little fucking Nazi right. circling? But when, yeah. and I, the reason it's, uh, it's such a fool's errand, I think, is because when I'm talking to them, I have to start over every single time, every and, the, time and go, yeah. Lewis didn't actually fight me. He tried to get yeah. me to throw a punch at him, and I didn't, yeah. and that's well, I'm smarter than him. I know what he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah. But they're constantly getting the story told to them in another way. And so, yeah. you know, sitting around and fucking, like, I think about it like in like a video game, like fighting the little one HP guys like over and over again. Like, it's you know, <laughs> it doesn't really do anything. It's just like idling the time away. You will notice, though, that like when Seth Simons wrote that fucking expose where he went and found out that all the fucking comedy club bookers are on evil forums and stuff like that is the thing that happened, Frederick. Uh, They got really fucking mad about it and it hurt them and they got scared. And that's why I think that maybe the thing to do here is we got to make stuff that fucking sits and is solid and is static. Make a fuck, write an article, make a movie, tell a story that explains this point of view and that sticks that, you know, doesn't let allow, that'll get more people on the side of looking at them and then, you know, make it fun for you. what they are, you know? But, it, but is why you mad not a step towards that? Oh, no, hell no. That's absolutely 100% why I do this podcast. This is why I do this podcast too, dude, because there's so many people that are just so scared. Fred, if you just saw, like, they're just so scared to rock the boat in any way because of the precarity of capitalism that teaches them that, like, right. any moment that you're out of favor and that you no longer will get paid and you won't get liked and whatever the fuck you lose all ability to make money, to get booked, to get jobs, to be liked. And that makes them fearful of expressing, like I even tweeted today where it's just like, I understand that a lot of you are financially tied to Lewis or to this festival or to this podcast network. 
If you have the time, reach out to me. I'll talk to you about how capitalism restricts your ability to express yourself and your social relations. <laughs> but they won't. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I just will never be able to be just like, okay, like I understand where they're coming from and how they're trapped in a certain situation. But I am not that privileged, right? Like, I also came from fucking working class, poverty, all this stuff. And, like, literally am only an American through my father's crazy ability to be an international criminal. <laughs> like, that's the only reason I'm an American and have all these other benefits. And yet I'm out here risking any kind of security and any safety. And I'm not fucking depending on any person to approve of my opinion in who I am and you want to be pretend to be artists but not have the balls to even stand on the side of what your morals are and what you're what you actually yeah think. And, and it, it makes me to. really mad it makes me jake pilled that's the, <laughs> that's the term <laughs> it but makes me like how is, am I more brave than you artist how can I'm you call other, yourself an artist and I'm yeah. more brave than you I'm the other side here. of that it's like if you saw the Q documentary you see in that that basically my entire life falls apart because I yeah. decide to just take a moral stance, right? Yeah. And comment on Twitter. And now I have all these people that believe that there's a conspiracy theory, you know, to destroy free speech on the internet and that I'm somehow part of it. Yeah, no. I talked to this guy who was like, you're cozying up to those who want to destroy free speech. Don't try to deny it. And I'm like, name one. Right. People say the same thing to me, and it's pretty much for like a very similar reason, just story wise. And it's like, I don't even yeah. do it to make some huge stand. I just did na naturally, you know, I did things that I think are correct, and people will jump right. all over you if it con contradicts with the fucking, you know, all right people that they were. I said things I think are correct. Sometimes people in media agreed with them and put them up. That is all that happened. There was no conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Same exactly yeah no i mean that's why i just like when i watched the documentary i related with you a lot and i was like I, yeah no it sucks to be the person like the martyr he said is even the word you know yeah uh that the, 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 the stuff has to fall on but it's i mean what are you gonna do not do it don't be a fucking coward you know yeah it has to fall on somebody and nobody else in that organization was gonna yeah. do anything about it at all yeah right? i mean you had you know tom rydell and some of his clips like his pupils are huge He's obviously tripping. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to do anything. Uh, Ron uh, is obviously a sociopath, not going to do anything. So Yeah. Well, uh, to get to a positive point to maybe wrap up, I want to say that um, I know, Fred, that you don't listen to the show before, but like, man, I might our start. Our start because you know what? Our listeners have never steered us wrong. Every time that they're like, this is a person you should have on, or that somebody's like, hey, go on, when you, why are you mad? And we get that person. It's a great episode. And we end up having like a great conversation that connects all these different parts of the internet and of um, being an individual, because that's like a big thing for us and of what it means to be an artist or creator in the world. So I love this. I want to say to our listeners, keep suggesting people that we should bring on, like Fred and all the others that you've suggested before. I love this. Yeah. This is the great episode. Let's, uh, let's yeah, I even friends. like the name of your podcast, Why You Mad. Because <laughs> oh, that is something you. that people say all the time. Online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To us constantly. Like, just because I'm tweeting too much or because I'm right, passionate. Right. I'm somehow mad. 
Yeah, I know. And can I tell you guys something? I'm honestly glad that you both have experienced this now because as a fiery Latina, <laughs> this is something that you get in real life where you're just like, I'm like so passionate. And I use my hands to talk and I fucking raise my voice and all that stuff. And then everybody's just like, why are you so mad? <laughs> and I'm like, I am not mad. I'm just being emphatic about the thing that right, I believe right, in right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am not mad. I am yeah. just, you know, committed. Yeah. A performance, right? Yeah, I am performing right now. It's not mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. well, you know, sometimes the answer to that question though is, I am mad. You should also be mad about this yeah, thing. True. It's weird that sure, you're yeah, not. There's you know, both sides. Yep. There's both sides. Like, I'm mad to a degree, but not why you think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was the I, conversation we were that. having when we came up with the whole title and everything. You know, and it's like. It's where all this stuff lives. But um, Frederick, thank you so much for coming on, and you come back anytime, please, and hang out with us and be friends. Eh? If anything else makes you mad, we want to know about the convention you're going to, and after the convention, I'm following. <laughs> I'm following you for that stuff. I don't. I don't even get the cue shit. Also, also okay. formally, well, it's quite it's quite a long ways away. But I was yeah. invited, and I was like, you know what? I do want to go. So yeah, we will see. It'll be fun. I'm going to DefCon next month so that you know is cool. another thing i have coming up so. cool that sounds great yeah it's, fun it's, time. i hope it'll be fun but at the same time there's this whole other thing of like my experience of that is very likely to be different than anyone else's because nobody ever looks at me and is like is that x i mm. have to figure out if that really is them or not oh I, yeah even an account that has like hundreds of thousands of followers you know if they don't have their face on their account, then, you know, if they're yeah. able-bodied, et cetera, et cetera, they can kind of walk through these spaces and you'll have a, mm, people might turn their head and like be, you know, hmm, is that so-and-so? But with me, yeah. it's like, oh, that's definitely so-and-so, you know, even if yeah. you've heard about me only a little bit. So. Man, so we absolutely don't have the same experience, but can I tell you, as you were speaking, that's how I would feel going to Austin right now. Really? Like, mm. yeah, like, uh, I would love to go to Austin, maybe for many different reasons, but it feels like, uh, like a danger zone where there's a bunch of people that are mad at me. There. No, it's like one, <laughs> one tiny scene of people. I, I went there and I just hung out with my know. friends. All my fucking friends in the Austin scene back there like you. Like, yeah, I like, I don't know. It just seems like, um, this whole all right world, this Joe Rogan world took over. That, honestly, that's what it's kind of like for yeah. me though. Like to be uh, like on like FetLife or something like that and be like, yeah. I am actively trying to get famous. Like there's just this element to it where you're like, you have, but that's the thing. The only way to square that circle is to just go, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to be my authentic dive self, in. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I also. That's what I believe. That's what I want to plug is just dive into the awkward. Dive yeah. into the fucking own it because then nobody can fucking lord it over you later. Yeah. Why would you that's even let point. anyone, like, why would you let that happen? Fuck that, man. Yeah. The way, life is too short, you know? Like, you gotta live. Yeah. Just well, be I'm yourself. definitely following you on Twitter now because I'm not yeah. one of those cowards who. Uh, <laughs> that's right i love it thank you fred i'm so happy to have talked to you um is there anything you want to plug anything you want to tell people to follow any of that honestly you know not really uh at, like, as good for I you, saying, you know, <laughs> my, yeah my day job is making fonts you can take a look at them uh the short url that redirects is dba.gg so that type that in press enter you'll see 
you know, what I actually work on, uh, which is very different than like what I'm known for or even what I talked about today. I think that artists in our kind of modern world are kind of like that, where, you know, there are so many sides to come at, you know, following us or knowing us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I have nothing to plug other than, you know, if you if you forced me, I was on one podcast where they're like, come on, make people spend money. Okay, (laughs) you can donate to the Unicode Consortium. Those are the guys that come up with the different characters for the scripts every few years. Unicode <laughs> Consortium. I'll write that down. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, yep, you can look them up if you want to. <laughs> I volunteer. So. We'll definitely check out uh, uh, Frederick's fonts and everything. They're very cool. Um, and also, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, uh, sincerely, uh, you know, congratulations on being your authentic self and being very cool totally. about it and being brave. Yeah. I think it's very cool. Love the fursona. Uh, reminds me <laughs> of my you, cat. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that honestly, as we continue to get into this world and more and more people are not allowed to be private, there are going to be more people that just decide that they have to do what I've done. And you're going to be shocked as to who it is. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. and they're going to do it because you did it, which is fucking yes. cool, man. They're going to look up to you. <laughs> totally. <sighs> Funny. This is great. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, e- Email the show if you have any questions for any of us three, because we'll we'll fucking send it back to Fred. Maybe have him on for a Patreon episode later. Uh, whyyoumadpod at gmail.com. And the rest of our info can be in the show. I, I didn't mean there, there are going to be people who are non-furries who become furries because you did it. I meant that people who are not out were going to... Yes. No, <laughs> for their real self. No, okay. we, heard, we got too. that. Okay, okay. That. I, was, I was like... No, no, too... no, no. We got that. It was good. I thought it was uh, too big of a punchline. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, all it's right. good. It was good. podcast is Pod Damn America. You know that. Um, and yeah, listen to our Patreon and all that stuff. Oh, also, I'm going on tour. I'm going to put the show date, the tour dates up like probably tomorrow when this episode comes out. It'll be my pinned tweet all across the oh Southwest. Oh, my God. It has been two years since we've had a Jake pinned tweet. I know. Um, all the info for the tour. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm going through the Southwest with my friend Avery Moore, who is very funny. You should come out and see us if you're in Austin, Ooh. Houston, Oklahoma City, fucking Albuquerque, Phoenix, LA, or Las Vegas, or a couple other places. I might just drop in on one or several of those dates just to hang out with you guys. Come hang out. If we were to go to Meow Wolf in Santa Fe, I'm very excited. I love that. All right. That's the end of the podcast.